When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We've talked a lot about the lines of scrimmage being the key to Nebraska this season and beyond. We welcome in a great member of the Nebraska Pipeline. Joe Wilkes joins us. And, uh, Joel, good to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for taking the day out. I know camp season gets you all riled up. Hey, Chris and Elijah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, this time of year, man, I, I get a little, uh, yeah, I get a little twitchy. I get a little, uh, you know, I feel like I'm going to fight somebody. I was just went in the grocery store for a second, and an old lady cut me off, and I almost forearmed her. <laughs> I, I just, it just makes me want to fight this time of year, so I, I know what those guys are going through. See, it's the same for me, except in, in Nebraska, August rolls around. It's not because of fall camp. It's because of the hot and humid weather. You know, I get a little you antsy. Get, you, get, you get angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit. That's, that's true. You start sweating all the time and get angry. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, uh, it, it wasn't a, a woman, and she wasn't, or he wasn't that uh, that old. So I'm betting on Joel <laughs> is the point. But we'll, we'll dive into the offensive line and what you uh, hope to see, what you want to see. With Nebraska this year, Joel, there's a lot of kids that have played a lot of snaps, but they just haven't had the success. Coach Rule and Coach Raiola, Raiola back for a second year. They want to flip that mentality. Are you optimistic about this line being a strength of the offense and just the team this year? No, I definitely am. I think they got the right guys running it. Um, I love Coach Raiola and, and Coach Rule. I haven't met Coach Rule yet, but I love everything he's saying. I think they've got the mentality. And those guys, like you said, they've played a lot of ball. You know, I remember, you know, when I went down there, I wasn't ready. I mean, it took me three years to get on the field. So some of those guys got thrown in there so early. I just think they've, you know, they've needed to season a little bit. Now they've played a lot of football, like you said. And, you know, they shouldn't be nervous at all. They should, you know, everything should be slowing down. And now they just got to, they just got to play fast and play with that nasty. You know, they got to have a little prick in them and be nasty out there. So that's, the, that's the only thing that's left, if you ask me, just, just that attitude and just, just fighting up there and playing hard. Tell me about your journey from a confidence standpoint. You're a guy, like you said, it. it, it you know, I shouldn't say this demeaningly. I'm not three years to get on, but that's kind of how it worked with Nebraska. You got built up, you got developed, and then in some instances, by by year four, by year three, guys were ready to go. It, it was you know the wheel shields of the world were pretty rare. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I came into Nebraska at 2.30, so I wasn't a, a natural freak size-wise like some of these guys. Like Ben Hart, I was back in Nebraska for the uh, Husker Greats golf tournament, and he was there, and I couldn't believe I mean, he was just a, a wall. He's huge, <laughs> how big he is. Um, you know, I came in at 2, 6.3, 2.30. I just wasn't ready yet. And, you know, it took me, you know, a couple years of just getting beat up by Perella and Rainmakers and those guys just to tough me up, you know, and to, to learn the offense. So it just, it just took some time. And, even those guys being bigger, I think it, it takes some time just to – you got to take your lumps before you can just get thrown in there and start dominating. So, um, you know, they've, they've had a few years now where they've taken some lumps. You know, they've had time in the system and the 
in the weight room, and I think they're they're ready to do great things now. Just got to get that mentality and just keep that going. Joe, what is that that mentality and that mindset flip? What does that entail? Is it just you know what? There's there's one fall camp where you feel a little bit better and it leads into success during the season. Does it take that 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 success on the field? You need to get a matchup in a game that is advantageous to you in order to build that confidence. How do you take that from from going and getting beat up to, to making that a, a a strong point of your game and being a guy who's going to go dominate other people? For me, I think you just get sick and tired of it. You just you just at some point you got to say I'm going to put my foot down. Enough is enough. You know, I mean, I came in with a little chip on my shoulder anyway because I didn't get a scholarship, so I was kind of you know, just had that that fuel burn inside me from day one. But as far as eventually um, not getting my butt kicked anymore, you just get tired of it and you say enough's enough. And you also spend time in the weight room. I got, you know, I got up to 280. So, you know, put 50 pounds on, it makes you a little bit tougher too when you're a little bit bigger and stronger. Then you have that confidence that, you know, I can squat six, 700 pounds. I know I can, you know, drive somebody off the, off the ball. So it just gives you that confidence too. Joel Wilkes with us, Hale Varsity Radio, previewing the offensive line at jwilkes76. Find him on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, uh, the OG Pipeline. Give that a follow as well. Uh, great event up at the Hale Varsity Club earlier this summer with all your mates. It was good to see you up there. Yeah. When we talk about offensive identity, what do you think this offense will be? You've got a talent in Sims. You've got receiving weapons. You've got a stable of running backs. But again, it all hinges on that offensive line. Speak to the guards specifically. Nuri is back. We had a chance to sit down with Ethan Piper at Big Ten Media Days. He's reshaped, and, and he's all sorts of anxious to do work. You've got other guard options. There's nothing in ink position-wise. We think we have an idea. Uh, five, yes, uh, and then you need about eight to play. So uh, give me your thought here on, on what you think the bread and butter can be for this offense. Well, you know, being, you know, I'm not right there in Nebraska, but just my, my, all my buddies that I played with are there and they say good things about those guys. They say they're strong guys and they're all capable of, of doing the job. Um, I, I really like, you know, kind of just what Rule is saying, you know, just having a balanced offense, but when, you know, it's, it's time to go and you need a, a couple yards or it's fourth quarter and you got the lead and you're trying to hold the lead, you got to be able to run the ball. And also when we get in the red zone, I just hate when we get down to the five yard line and we start throwing around and then we end up picking a field goal. It's like, you know, that's the time where that would piss me off as an O-lineman. I'm like, that's the time we, you know, hunker down and we get it in by running the ball. So I'm, I'm just hoping they can run when they need to, but they're, you know, want to have a balanced attack as well. When you look at that that trust between coaching staff and offensive line, whenever you get to, to third and one, third and two, you know what, we're going to run the ball instead of throwing it around. That trust is a two-way street, right? And that the coaches have to, to trust the offensive linemen, but the offensive linemen have to be able to trust the coaches that, that you know what, your play call, it's, it's less about your play call and more about our execution, if you follow what I'm saying here. Tell us about that trust yeah. between coaching staff and O-line. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, we had the ultimate trust in Coach Tenerper, Coach Young, and Coach Osborne, whatever they called, but um, they also knew that, you know, when it, when it came down to it, you know, we wanted to run the ball. We were just a physical group. And if, if, if they didn't run the ball down there, we would we would say something to the coaches like, what are we doing? Let's go. We want to run the ball, you know, put it on us and, and, and let us get five yards or whatever it is. So so we would have those conversations and that trust. You know, they just had the trust in us and we trusted them as well. But, um, you know, I think they just knew from practice, too. You know, we were just ground and pound and just, you know, working people like that. They knew that was the best thing to do down there. But But we had that. We had that relationship where we could talk and have that trust. But I know if, if we got down there and start throwing around Zach or somebody 
probably look over and give give Coach Osborne the business if you're not running it down there, man. <laughs> how did that? that how did that go exactly? <laughs> Zach was had no fear. He had a good relationship with Coach Osborne, but he would he wouldn't bite his tongue if you know we were in a situation like that. I can just hear him saying it right now. Uh, that's pretty good. Joel Wilkes yeah. with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Joel, uh, let's spend a minute here on that other side of the ball, the defensive side. And you have kind of a new look for Nebraska, that three three five that's going to be multiple. And new defensive line coach and Terrence Knight had a chance to hear him today. And you've got some of those guys up front, be it Robinson or, or Hutmacher, that's really reshaped their body. So the, the buy-in is there. They're trying to be more explosive and athletic. What, what's the, the weirdest defense you went up against, uh, if memory serves, either – uh, from a scheme standpoint, or what's maybe the most talented front you got to see on a Saturday? Well, that makes it tough when you're in multiple like that and you're moving guys around and bringing guys from all over the place. I mean, that makes it really tough to prepare for. So I think that's a, you know, I, I like that, um, that that scheme. You know, you're not going to see the teams in the Big Ten are seeing similar stuff every week, and then we do something different. We got guys just coming from everywhere. I kind of like that. You know, the top teams when I played, you know, Oklahoma had a great front seven. And, and of course, Miami with Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis and those guys made it tough. But I'd rather have a, a defense that you knew where they're going to line up and you just went at it than, you know, guys moving all over the place and, and you know, blitz is coming from everywhere. So that makes it a little – that chaos makes it a little tough. That surprise factor is difficult to prep for, even though you spend yep. a Monday through Thursday to get ready. Exactly. That's hard to simulate with the scout team and, and getting a good look. So – so I, I, I like what they're doing on defense. I think they're going to be uh, flying around. And I hear the players say that it's more like um, see ball, run to ball, and they're just you know, getting after it and, and pinning their ears back and going. So I like to hear that too. Joel, whenever you're looking at, at the, the defense, the offensive line, and, and you know building up that physicality, building up that, that, that pipeline, if you will, what are you going to be watching for early in the season to see if this offensive line and defensive line as well have made improvements? Are you going to be opening up the stats and looking at yards per rush, rushing yards? Is it an eye test thing? What are you going to be watching for in order to see if those two groups have improved in 2023? Well, the first thing, I just want to see get off. I want to see those guys getting off the ball and not catching people and not just shielding guys. I want to see them flying off the ball and, and getting that initial, you know, two-yard pop off the ball, you know, just punching people and, and exploding off the line. And then just watching the finish, you know, just seeing if there's guys on the ground, you know, just seeing if they're getting pancakes and finishing guys. Those are the two biggest things. Just seeing that and that get off and then finish somebody when you get when you don't be satisfied with a you know just a stalemate you know keep your feet going until you know second past the whistle and, and finish somebody put them you know want to put somebody in the turf every time and break their will that's the kind of attitude you want every time joel there's been a lot of talk about the fourth quarter and nebraska's been in so many tight games over the last couple three years and that's life in the big 10 and to you i wanted to get your take on what made you guys such a great fourth quarter team? Uh, it wasn't close a lot of the time, but if it was close, you could put that four minute offense in. I think it was just the practice and the conditioning. We were in such good shape, you know, and Coach Osborne always preached, you know, it doesn't matter what happens in the first, second, third quarter. We're just, you know, just giving them blows and blows and blows. And then eventually we're going to get the knockout punch in the fourth quarter. So you just wear them down, is, is what we did, um, you know. Initially, you know, you saw in Miami, Warren Sapp and those guys getting in the backfield a little bit, making plays, but they just, we just kept coming, kept coming and wore them down. And then you, you just knock them out in the fourth quarter. So that's what we always did. I mean, the fourth quarter, we, we always just know we own the fourth quarter. That was just our motto. We own the fourth quarter and we get to the fourth and it, and it will take, we'll finish the deal out. So 
that's the mentality they got to have. You can't you can't pucker up in the fourth quarter and get scared and get nervous. You got to say this is our time. And and um, I'm hoping too that the, those O linemen up front are just the alpha the alpha dogs on the team. You know, you can't be passive. And those guys got to be the guys telling everybody that this is going to happen with us. You know, so I hope those guys have that leadership and or have that ability to do that on the team and just be just be the ultimate leaders up there and take the thing over. Was was that a gradual thing with with the pipeline? Because how many seasons together did you guys play? Was it two years? Was it three? Y- y'all came up together. Yeah. But by the senior season, by your junior season, was it was it just kind of known that yeah this this is the time this is the the finishing touch slash punch so to speak? By the time I got up there, we had my junior senior year, so two years for for all of us together. I mean. Rob and, and Zach saw the field earlier than that. Um, you know, Brendan had Will Shields ahead of him. And, um, but yeah, for the last two years that we were, we were together and just, you know, you just build that by spending time together in the weight room and on the, on the, on the field and just holding each other accountable. You know, if anybody, um, you know, had an off day, you'd, you'd hear about it from the other guys. And we just all held each other to that standard. Um, so when you get in those situations in the fourth quarter, you just know you can count on those guys and, and you're not going to let any, you know, you're not going to let those guys down. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Former Husker offensive lineman Joel Wills with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Joel, one of the things that Coach Roll talked about at Media Days last week was earning respect in Nebraska, getting back to to where they were in terms of earning respect. And one of the phrases that he used was was getting Nebraska back to a point where they were feared. Now I want you to take me back to those national championship seasons. From, from body language or from interactions on the field, did you know when another team was, was fearful of what Nebraska brought or when the fourth quarter rolled around? Did you ever see that in your opponents, that they were fearful of what Nebraska was in the fourth quarter? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we went in, you know, I think teams came into Memorial Stadium back then and, and just and knew what they were going to, you know, what they were going to get. You know, they're going to get a butt kick. And, you know, a lot of the teams, you know, they come in there and intimidated. And we've kind of, we've lost that. Teams have come into our stadium that aren't even, um, power five teams and beat us. So we've kind of lost that mystique in our stadium. We need to get that back. But I remember one game specifically, I mean, it was Pacific, and we only played, the starters only played 15 snaps because we scored, you know, we scored every time we got the ball. But I remember the first play we walked up there and they had a, a defensive lineman that was about, he, he had to be like 220, 230, just little guy. He's in his stance, just, just shivering, just shaking, like trying to get all psyched up and all this stuff. And we walked up and literally just started laughing. Like, are you kidding me? This is all. This is the best you guys got, and we just freaking tossed him ten yards, and, and we played fifteen plays, and that was it. But you could tell that kid wasn't. He was scared. He wasn't ready for Memorial Stadium that day. They dropped their football program shortly after. I don't know if they had anything to do with with that Saturday. And how many hot dogs did you guys hammer on the sideline? We literally did. Zach called over the hot dog guy and we started ordering hot dogs and then coach Osborne halftime chewed us out for doing that and said we can't eat on the sidelines. <laughs> we got you one coach come on man uh, Joel Wilkes with We're us Co- over here man yeah a couple more minutes sale varsity radio part of the uh, the Husker pipeline talking Nebraska offensive line for 2023 is there a player you've got circled Joel that that you're projecting really big things from on the offensive line is there a guy you're you're keyed in on well, I like, you know, I hear Rob talk about um, Teddy Prohaska yeah. quite a bit. Like he's a, you know, he should be, um, you know, probably our best guy potentially um, if he's healthy. So I'd like to see him 
um, you know, get in there and be healthy and just let it, let it go and cut loose and, and all that stuff. So kind of be watching him, but all, you know, all those guys, I'm just, I'm really rooting for the whole group and uh, just hope they come out with some, um, that, that swagger and that attitude, you know, just to be, just to be nasty pricks out there. I want to see all five of them, you know, those five starters do that, but, but he's a guy I'll definitely keep my eye on just from hearing what, uh, what Rob's had to say about him. I, I think it nasty. And I think your group, the offensive line, flipping it around with, and we talked to you, we talked to Dr. Rob and two names always come up. Three names, really the, you know, Christian, uh, you mentioned Perella and, and when, when, Perella was here. We had a you know chance to, to get in touch with him quite a bit, and and then Raymakers. What is the mystique slash legend of those D tackles you guys had to go against? Yeah, they they were really really talented. So were you guys, but how did they prepare you? I mean, what was that level of nasty you speak of? Honestly, they just on the field were not right upstairs. Those guys were nuts. They were totally nuts. I mean, they were just crazy, and you just you were you go up there and you just didn't know what you were going to get into. Cause they're just, you just, they're wild. You didn't know what they were going to do. And they were just the, you know, the three of the toughest guys. I mean, probably the three toughest guys I ever went against and that's game included and everything. I mean, they're just, um, you know, big, strong, you know, didn't feel pain, you know, just like, uh, just crazy in the head. You know, that's what we always said. Those guys were just nuts. So they prepared you cause you knew going into a game, there's no way you're going to find anybody that crazy or, or tough. I mean, I mean, like that time, one time Perella broke his fingers, bones sticking out of his finger during a game, and, and Sully came over, taped it up, and he ran back in there. I mean, his bone is sticking out of his hand. That guy was nuts. He didn't feel any pain. I mean, so, so you know, going against those three guys, it just prepared you for I mean, anything you would, you'd see on a Saturday. When it comes to not being right upstairs, uh, you mentioned the, 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 the fracture that had bone sticking out. Would they – uh, would they try and literally push your buttons on those practice days, Monday through Thursday, where they give you a little extra after the whistle? Would they try and set you off? Oh, without a doubt. Prell and Raymakers one time jumped me. I, I think I've told this story before. I, I was a scout team guy, but they they had enough of me fighting, and they they double teamed me and just beat the crap out of me in front of my whole my whole group of scout team guys. I mean, they were, I mean they were just laughing as they're just wailing on me. So. Uh, yeah, they, they taught me a lot, those guys. But but I'm friends with them to this day. I mean, off the field, they're the greatest guys on, on the planet. You know, I'm just great, great friends with them. But on the field, um, you know, they just had that switch that they could go to. That's insane. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do they buy you a beer afterwards, at least? <laughs> Say that again? I missed that. Did, did they buy you a beer at least afterwards? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I saw Raymakers at uh, at Zach's induction into the College Football Hall of Fame recently here, and we told some good good stories and and had some beers, and you know they're just great great guys. But yeah, we we had some wars in practice down in the pit, that's for sure. So, last thought from me here before we get you out, and Schmidt might have some more for you, but. Uh, I want to get into, as you talk about development and being a scout team guy going up against the starters, a guy that a lot of people were impressed with on that offensive line in the spring was Gunnar Gatula, and we talked about him a bit yesterday. What do you think an ideal true freshman year is for Gunnar Gatula with with how thin this offensive line may be headed into the season? Do you, do you think you'd like to see him get some play time in that offensive line? Would it be better to be a guy that can focus on his craft and really just bring it in practice every single day and not have to worry about Saturdays? Well, what do you think an ideal year one is for Gunnar Gatula? Because I think a lot of people saw that potential in him during that spring game. 
Yeah, I've heard some great things about him too. I mean, I, I deal, I'm sure all these kids coming in now want to play. I mean, I didn't even have that. That wasn't even on my radar. I'm, I'm just coming in trying to develop. So, I mean, I think that'd be good for him just to develop if he could, if they're, um, you know, if they can stay healthy up front there and he can just take a year to develop and learn from those guys and stay in the weight room and, and, uh, you know, save the, that eligibility for when he's, you know, a little more mature and bigger and all that stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, he, if if he's good enough, I'm sure they'll they'll get him on the field if they need him. But uh, you know, I've heard great things about him, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the future here. Joel Wilkes with us, uh, Husker standout, part of the pipeline, uh, national champion, and uh, joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Joel, before we let you go, tell us what uh, this fall looks like for you with your kids in in the high school football season. Yeah, we just started ramping it up this week, so I'm getting crazy busy and and uh, getting everything lined up. I've got a uh, my middle son's going to be an eighth grader, so I got one more year coaching youth football, and then I'm also uh, coaching with the varsity. They align with the uh, varsity at Lake Oswego High School, and my oldest son's going to be a freshman this year. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, he's getting up into the high school ranks. So it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. Um, you know, I'm going to be watching a lot of huddle and and uh, and just just busy as I'll get it. I'm also they wrote me into being the equipment guy for youth football, so I got the equipment handout coming out this weekend. So it's just, it's just a really busy time but it's i'm trying to enjoy every minute of it because i know it goes fast and um you know before you know it cash will be a senior and, and get ready to to go off to college and he i finally converted him he's finally turned into a husker fan he was a duck for the longest time and now he's finally i don't know what what did it but uh he's a husker now and he he wants to go to uh to matt rules camp next summer and cool. he's all in so we'll see how it goes that's awesome and, and congrats to you and i know that's special being able to be around your boys and coaching them that's that's awesome. And Joel, yeah. quickly, when you talk about being the equipment manager, are you giving the kids neck rolls? What's your thought on the neck roll in football? <laughs> kids don't even know what those are anymore. They want the smallest shoulder pads they can get. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, I, I have the old cowboy collar and all that stuff, <laughs> man. But the biggest shoulder pads I could find. And now I'm, I checked my son out with some pads, and he's like, yeah, these things are huge. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They want the <laughs> smallest ones possible. It's just so different. Joel, you take care. Hope to see you this fall. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. Great to see you.